Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 64. Welcome back, Demo. Good, Good to see you. Good seeing you, Joe. Yes. yes. As always. Let's talk over each other at the beginning. Let's just really sure. not be able to understand what anyone's saying. Did you watch the Emmys? <laughs> <laughs> just, just keep... No, nobody cares. To keep no going. one cares. No one cares. Keep going. We're going to keep going, folks. Yes, we watched the Emmys. Did you watch the Emmys? Yeah, I watched them the next day. Um, I got to say real quick, because I know we're going to get into the actual meat of it, but the Jason Bateman bit at the beginning mm-hmm. cracked me up so much. Where he was pretending to be a cutout. He was pretending to be a cardboard cutout. And Kimmel was like, you, you can't be in here. We have a, a number. Anyway, just watch it. If you haven't already, you can find it on YouTube. But that cracked me up. I, Kimmel is so good at bits. Yeah. I thought the best bit, though, uh, was the fire. And the fact that, like, no matter how many times Jennifer Aniston used the fire extinguisher, that envelope that they had lit on fire would not go out. <laughs> I don't know if that was a bit. That's what I mean. That's what made it great. I mean, you could see the surprised look on her face. She's like, is this what? You know what I mean? It's like, hit it again, because they had started a fire. Well, someone off stage yelled into the picture, which is never a good sign. Oh, I missed that. You know, they did the best they could with the situation. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I kind of like seeing the performers, the actors in their houses with yeah, their family. Yeah, that was kind of cool, actually. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, these are the people that really matter to them. You know, you actually see who they're talking about or thanking. Yeah, you know? that was pretty cool. Like I said, considering you really couldn't get anybody together, I guess this is what these award shows are now. But it, I, I can't imagine the Oscars being like this. I would not want to win an Oscar the year I got a... I got to phone it in from home. I'm just saying. Well, have I got good news for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a problem, happening. my friend. Not happening. <laughs> I know. Okay. So we're not going to get into it too much. Let's talk about the winners quickly. The big thing was going in, Netflix had all these nominations, right? Like 160. Yeah. And then HBO was second. But when all was said and done and it came down to who won the most... HBO was the leader with 30 wins and Netflix got 21. And in the actual broadcast ceremony, because there's the creative arts portion for the previous week, mm. that's where you can really rally up a lot of wins. But by the time they got to the broadcast that everybody watches, Netflix only won two Emmys. And then HBO pulled ahead because they had Watchmen and Succession, which dominated. I mean, it comes down to Watchmen, Succession, and of course... Shits Creek. Yeah. Hats off to Shits Creek for one reason and one reason only. They knew to like rent out a banquet hall or something. Well, right? they're they're in Canada. Yeah, that does help them. But I mean, like they were able to like you know put on like like they they had a party going on there. They weren't like you know in someone's living room. They almost like they're ready. They knew they were gonna win. I don't think they knew they were gonna win that much. I mean, that was a record for a comedy. Didn't they win seven out of the first seven Emmys or they, something? They, it was a complete sweep. Yeah. Complete sweep. Now, are you into that show or not really gotten into it? Or I have watched the first episode and I never got into it. Don't come at me saying like, <laughs> oh yeah, I know I'm, I'm going to watch it at some point. I was just with someone that didn't really, wasn't really into it. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll come back to it. I never got back to it. I'm on the same page, which is 
I know that it's funny. Everyone else has told me about it. It's one of my sister's favorite shows. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I've watched one or two of them. The premise is a little confusing, but I guess that doesn't really matter these days. No. It's fine. As long it's, as I'm it's sure funny. It's, I'm sure it's fine. You know, it's something I will watch eventually. But I got to watch all this other stuff for this show. It's hard to go back and watch something everyone's already seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, was there anything that won that you were like, what is that show? Unorthodox. Yeah. That won for best directing of a, of a dramatic episode. Now, it's on Netflix I have never seen it. It looks interesting. I think it's a foreign production, actually. I don't think it was made in America. It's like Irish or something, I think. It's Israeli. Wrong. It's a German-American production that is primarily spoken in Yiddish. My big thing is is the fact that Maya Rudolph at the Creative Arts Emmys won for Big Mouth. My favorite vocal performance. Really? Connie the Hormone Monster. I, I said I wanted her to win. She did. It was one of my favorite performances of the last two years. So congratulations to her. I also want to say we, we were pretty good on the predictions. I said Succession would win Best Drama. It did. And we figured Shit's Creek would probably do pretty well in the comedies. Obviously not to this level. And I also said that Watchmen would be really strong. I said it would sweep. It didn't completely sweep, but it did really great. So I think we are on the pulse there. I also want to mention the show that you really like, The Morning Show, won one Emmy for Billy Crudup. If you had to rank every person in that show, he would have been towards the bottom of my list, but that's who won. So I don't know. I don't know. And of course, Zendaya won for Euphoria, my favorite show. Oh my God. I know. I'm standing my ground and saying how much I still hate that show. All right. I hate Euphoria. I will always hate Euphoria. Congratulations to Zendaya and all that, whatever, but I still hate that show. The show's garbage. I'm with you. Here's who I was really glad who won was Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Who seems like the nicest person on the planet. Right. I don't know if he is or not. I've never I hear heard. he's a good guy. If, but did you see his performance? I watched yeah. the first. I didn't watch the whole. He plays two characters. And it is incredible. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely positively deserved to win. And it's not like, you know, oh, he's playing two characters and they do like a split screen. I mean, I mean the way it's shot. The way he plays off himself, I don't know how they do it. It is seamless. I mean, it's like long takes, you know, where they're both in the scene together and the camera moves around them. It's a technical achievement and an incredible performance all in one. I've heard him talk before. He just sounds like the nicest guy on the planet. And you know that thing, uh, Cameo, where you can pay like to have someone uh, call you or like FaceTime you or whatever. Wish you a happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. If Mark Ruffalo had a thing where he was like, hey, for $1,000, I'll say something nice to you. And I only had $995. I'd be like, Demo, can I borrow $5? This is really important to me. You know what? Mark <laughs> Ruffalo would let you pay it for 995 though. That's the thing about you know, he'd Mark be like, Ruffalo. He'd be like, don't worry about the five bucks. Uh, I got it. Yeah. Uh, so I was happy to see that. Shit's Creek, I guess that's cool. Mandalorian got yeah. a lot of technical awards at one seven. Nothing in the, uh, you know, the broadcast portion, but the creative arts it did really well on all the technical things, which obviously it should. You know, I mean, it's like a Star Wars movie for TV, right? I think we mentioned this before. We have mentioned the, how they put it together, and it's yeah, amazing. The making of series is almost better than the show itself. I agree. I agree. So anyway, I'm done. I don't okay. want to talk about this anymore. Right. right. Well, we were pretty much on the nose as usual. Yep. Not bad. Not bad. So uh, 2020 Emmys in the bag. Let's review something, Joe. Okay. There's a show uh, relatively new 
on Netflix. It's 10 episodes. They're close to an hour long each. Mm-hmm. It's called Away. Yes. Stars Hilary Swank, a very talented actress, and Josh Charles, one of my favorite actors. Uh, you might remember him from Dead Poets Society. I know who he is. Also, I, I know, but I'm oh. telling the audience. Oh, okay. Sorry. And um, The Good Wife. Fantastic cast. Looks amazing. Now, this is about Hilary Swank. She's the wife. She goes up into space. Josh Charles is having some like health issues and stuff at the same time. They have a daughter. It's very emotional and very uh, complex. They're on their way to Mars. They're going to be the first humans yes. to land on Mars. Yes. Thank and you. it's an international group. You got a Russian, right. a Chinese woman, an African gentleman. Yeah. And you, then you've got then, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Right. It's an international thing. Um, there's so much going on in this. It, it is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of plot points and stuff, but it's 10 hours almost. Yeah, I know. Let me, how do I put this? I'll do it for you. Okay. I got through three and bailed. Okay. Okay. Cause I was like, I don't care. I don't care, Joe, if yeah. they ever get to Mars, because I looked like you did. I'm like 10 episodes. Like, I thought the first episode was powerful. Ed Zwick directed it. He's also an executive producer. He, he made Glory. Fantastic director. I thought there was some good emotion in that first episode. But, man, it couldn't hold me, and I bailed. And yeah. I'll tell you one other thing that drove me nuts. What? <laughs> the phone calls from space. What? what do you, how do you mean? They're getting a call from deep space. Okay, she goes, I got to call my husband, see how he's doing, right? In the hospital, they do like a FaceTime. It's like she's in the other room. I'm like, wow, this hospital has great internet, right? I, yeah. I, I mean, the, the girl's at home. Oh, my mom's calling. Should I pick up or not? I don't know. Yeah, you should pick up. She's calling from deep space. I'm sorry. I, it, it sort of I seemed guess. like, wow. I know, I know they got to keep, you know, the, the characters communicating with each other. And that's how you got to do it when they're on earth and they're in space. How else are you going to do it? But oh my God. Meanwhile, when we have a phone call, it's like a one and a half second delay when you're in the next room. When right. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Fine. That's a weird thing to fixate on. But. I know, but I really, it just, I kept thinking about it the whole time I'm watching it. Right. I'm like, oh, they're going to get a call again from space. They're talking to everybody, talking to mission control. And they got, they got it on their iPad and their cell phone and their, their watch. Okay. I don't know. All right. Well, that wasn't the thing that bothered me. Okay. It, I know. Th- this what, is all I got. It was so. just too long. It didn't need to be 10 hours. It could have been a two hour movie and it probably would have been fantastic. 10 hours is too much of almost anything, but this was a nice story, but it should have, it should have been way shorter. Mm-hmm. And you finished it. Yeah, I, I did. I may have fallen asleep during like episode six or seven for a little while, but I did finish it. I don't know. It's probably coming back, but it had to have cost a billion dollars to make. Oh, they spared no expense on the look. I mean, it is well made. You know, it looks like a feature. That's the thing I, I wrote down to bring up, which is... How in the world do these companies like Apple and Netflix make basically 10-hour movies every three months? That's or, or, what I want to know. You know, if you made Terminator today, it would take in a year and a half. And it's like, well, now you're making TV shows. You're cranking out an hour of feature-looking television every week. That's a great question, Joe, because I don't know how these shows do it. They must be throwing crazy amounts of money that we don't know about. Or have they figured out some production thing where they can do it cheap? Who knows? 
they're not doing it cheap because I've been on a Netflix set before and there's 200 people working on it. They just have so much money, I guess. But it's the post-production that really loses me because it's like, how do you edit? You know, you're doing an hour a week, basically. You're basically making half a movie every week. You know, the, in the, the DGA guidelines are that a director can be on board in post-production for 10 weeks before they have to get overtime pay. So you go 10 weeks for two hours, but one week for one hour? It doesn't compute. I don't know. The thing is, there's not really one director on most of these shows. They have multiple directors. So that's how yeah, they get out of that. I, I, I don't know. I guess. But even like the, even the Mandalorian and stuff, like that looks more like a movie than anything. Right. But they showed us how they do that. That's what I'm saying. They're, 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 they're able to like take this technology and, and crank out these shows in a way they couldn't before at a lesser budget. I don't yeah. know. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't work anyway, in Hollywood anymore. Yeah, well, nobody does. But here, here's the thing: <laughs> <laughs> everyone's going to Texas and Nashville and stuff. But here's the thing: it's ten episodes. They average about fifty minutes. Right. It's cool, but I don't know. It's there's just not enough. Let me story. ask you this without giving anything away: Were you satisfied with the ending? No. Okay, I'm out. Yeah, it just wasn't worth it. I, I love Josh Charles. He might be one of my favorite actors of all time because mm-hmm. I loved um, Dead Poet Society so much. I love Dead Poet Society. Fantastic movie. Yeah, damn it, Neil. It's Nawanda. <laughs> one of the best lines in, in any movie ever. <laughs> People have to Google that and know what I'm even talking about. I know about, exactly but... <laughs> what you're talking about. I've seen that movie more times than I've eaten breakfast. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Um, so he's great. Hillary Swank is great. The whole cast is great. Vivian Wu is secretly very hot. Okay. Um, the old Russian guy was good. The he black was hot guy. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not secretly hot. <laughs> anyway, of course it's really well done and it looks great and is fun, but there just wasn't enough beats in it. All right. As a writer, do you know what I mean? There wasn't enough beats. Yeah. It's like one thing happened every 40 minutes. Yeah, I know. So I'm very sorry, Hillary Swank and Josh Charles and everyone else, but it's a light purge for me. <laughs> Hopefully we just saved some people some time, but other people might like it. I don't know. I will say this. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm starting to go watch away. It's really good. And then they're like, I didn't finish it. Yeah. So I think, like I like I said, I looked down there, I was like, 10 hours of this? Yeah, would have been a nice movie, but... All right, let's move on, Joe. Come on. Okay, There's a ahead. lot about a way. Okay, so there's something a lot of people are talking about. I've gotten more texts about this next thing than maybe anything, but go ahead. Yeah, it's the documentary of the moment. It's actually, it's like a, a docudrama, which I have an issue with. It's a giant hybrid of... Go ahead. Sorry. No, say what it is. There's narrative scenes. Right. There's recreations. Yep. And then there's a bunch of talking heads. Anyway, it's the social dilemma. The big warning that we're doomed by social media, how it's basically constructed to destroy us. I believe the premise. I didn't care for the the recreations, like the actors acting out like, oh, I'm, I'm obsessed with my phone. I'm like, I know what it's like to be obsessed with my phone. I don't need to see it, okay? I live it. Ask my girlfriend. If there's one thing she wants to change about me, it's the fact that I'm always on my phone, on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and sometimes I think she's just going to call it quits because she's so sick of me being on the phone. I mean, I have got a problem. I'm the first to admit it. So I watch this thing, and I'm like, yeah, I know. And I I know you guys are doing everything you can 
to control us and turn us into algorithms and products. Wasn't that the whole point? Like, we are the, the product? Yes, yeah, you're not the customer, you're the product. Yeah. Right. But what this thing was great for was the interviews with the talking heads, the tech people that created all this stuff. Like, I made the like button, right? Or I worked at Google and I created everything that you think is fun. And we weren't trying to destroy your world. We thought this was cool stuff. But they admit the agenda has been to really control you in a way. No? I know you have a lot. I know you have a lot. I do want to say one thing before you get started. One last thing. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. This is the first documentary on Netflix to also be the most popular movie for an entire month. Does that make sense? Really? You know how like they got their statistics and everything, and it's like, you know, this is the most popular thing. The most popular movie for the month of September is The Social Dilemma, and it's a documentary. First time a documentary has done that. I read that three hours ago. That's my little nugget. Okay? Okay. I didn't know that. Yep. I have heard from several uh, friends and family members that this is a good documentary. I watched it about a week ago. Uh, hmm. The one word review, I, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm, I've got five pages of notes. Here. I know, I see. The one word I would use to describe this documentary is disingenuous. Mm. Because not only are there cutaways to narrative scenes starring uh, actors that you would recognize, including the guy from Mad Men who plays three different characters who are all, I guess, triplets or something. Vincent Carthizer. This thing is so phony i hate it i want to know who paid for it i want to punch him in the face because this thing is so stupid it's like no crap they collect your data we all know that and by the way if you're collecting all this data about people who spend 10 hours a day on instagram to what end they're not working obviously you're collecting children's data or whatever that they're not spending money advertising that's all it is they just want you for advertising Okay, but why are you advertising to people who spend 10 hours a day on Instagram? They don't have any discretional income, probably. I don't know, man. They're advertising to everybody. They want no. everyone's information. That's the whole thing. Information is a thing. Look at I sort of agree with you. I didn't really learn anything new in this. People yes. like I, yeah. you go on you go online, obviously, the thing they're talking about. You go on social media and they're talking about social media. But it's like, yep, I turned off my notifications on my phone. And I'm like, duh. Right? Turn off your location. All that stuff. Like, there's all these little things. I know it doesn't really matter, but it's I didn't learn anything. Like, like, wow, I need to get off this thing. I've known I need to get off this thing for years. I know it's bad for me. This didn't, like, have any, like, you know, magic bullet. Uh, I had a visceral reaction to this documentary because every talking head seemed like someone acting and not, like, an actual interview. The guy with the dreadlocks... I swear to God, someone was standing behind him with their arms through his arms doing like Muppet arm. <laughs> I was like, that's, that can't really be his arm. It's not even his real arms. And then the redheaded guy is like clearly a robot controlled by Peter Thiel or something. But I just <laughs> like, I didn't buy, I didn't buy any of it. It all seems so fake. And it's like, Hey, what if you had uh, $20 billion and you paid for a documentary to be made? And it's like, what are you doing? You're farting in a coffee can and smelling it and be like, oh, that's not good. That's it's gross. like, thank you for telling me that. Like, I don't need it. I don't need this documentary. Yeah, I didn't learn anything new. Like I said, there's going to be some magic bullet to tell me, oh, wow, look at that. The smoking gun, right? To tell me like, wow, this is the one thing you got to do or, or, you know, throw your phone in the river. And I was like, I know all this stuff already. Get rid of the recreations and make this in a half an hour. 
Yeah, there's a lot wrong with the filmmaking of this documentary because it switches gears every six minutes from recreation to talking head to the thing with the guy from Mad Men. And it's like, what are you doing? Obviously, nobody involved with this thing has ever worked in film before because they didn't pick a lane. Send him an article on sports. He looks oh. disinterested. Oh. Remember, mm, I got to yeah. push these buttons. We got to keep him engaged or whatever. And also, okay, no phone for a week. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I would have been like, no phone for a week. Take away my sugar. Look, I, look, I just want to say one thing <laughs> about this. This is my overall view of social media and everything. Back in the day when you wanted to get people to build the pyramids and do shit you wanted, you used whips and chains to control people, right? How are we going to get these people to do what we want and keep on our control? Beat them. Beat them, right? And it's like, okay, now you don't, you don't do that anymore. You don't beat anybody. You give them candy. You get them hooked on fun stuff. You give them things that they like. I have a game. I play this pool game, you know, uh, billiards. Yeah. You know, if I don't go on it every day to get the little incentives, I am uh, like Pavlov's dog now for this game where I have to check in every day and make sure I get my new coins, right? Ooh, check in every 24 hours. You get your coin update. What is that? And, and I'm always like, oh, once I get to 2 million coins, then I'm going to be somewhere. Well, guess what? I got to 2 million coins a year ago and I'm still playing this stupid thing. But I do it every freaking day, Joe. I play that damn game. And guess what? You know what I'm going to do tonight when I go home before I go to bed? I'm going to play the damn game again. You're going to play the pool game. Yeah. Right. And not the pocket pool game like you're thinking. I'll play that after. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to control the people, you give them stuff that they like. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that's it. Ooh, my phone. It's so cool. Right? I love it. I can communicate with everyone. It's fun. That's how you control people. You don't beat them anymore. You give them candy. You're just saying the the point of the documentary, which is kind of interesting, but it was so poorly made. I thought this thing was one of the worst documentaries I've ever seen. Doesn't mean they didn't get it right. The premise was right. The right. information was mildly interesting. The guy with the dreadlocks and the Muppet hands seems like he can't possibly be an actual person. Half of the talking heads they had seemed like they were actors. So I, I just thought this whole thing was so fake. I hated it. What about you? I have to say it's a purge because I didn't truly learn anything new. Tell me something I don't know, and I didn't get that. Yep. But, I mean, I guess if you don't, you know, think about anything ever, you might not have considered some of this information, but it's I'm sucks. getting bored. Skip it. Skip it. Purge. It's a purge. <laughs> Question for you, Joe. Mm -hmm. Who played the teenager in The Social Dilemma? Do you know who it is? Uh, I recognize him. I don't remember his name. Right. His name is Skylar Gisando, mm -hmm. I think. Right? Is he in some anti-bullying commercial or something? He's in a lot of stuff. He was on the Righteous Gemstones. He was in the Santa Clarita Diet. You recognize him. You go, oh, that kid, right? He yeah. sort of looks kind of oldish in a weird way. Like He, he has, has a look. He has, he has a look. He has a very distinct look. Now, I only mention it because guess what? He's also in my next thing. So if you want to do a Skylar Gisando double feature, this is it. You can do The Social Dilemma and, wait for it, The Binge. Like Binge or Purge. Like, like Binge show. or Purge. Mm -hmm. This is The Binge. It's a Hulu original movie. It's one hour and 38 minutes. It stars Skylar Gisando, Eduardo Franco, Dexter Darden, and, for your viewing pleasure, Vince Vaughn. 
Really? Yes. See, I have no idea what this is. I have I know never you have no clue. No one's heard of this. I came across it on Hulu and I was like, The Binge? And I was like, I got to watch this just because, like, you know, it's called The Binge. Yeah. So it's a play on, guess what? The Purge. Oh. Right? Is it a, what is it, comedy? It's a teenage uh, high school comedy. But The Purge is about, you know, once a year we shut down the world and everybody can go on a crime spree. The Binge is once a year, and I got to say, Ahead of time, drugs and alcohol have been outlawed. So no one can drink. No one could do any drugs except one day a year you're allowed to binge. Okay. So everybody in the world, or at least the United States, gets one night where they can go crazy and just be debaucherous fools. So it's sort of the opposite of the purge. Get it? Clever, right? Yeah, very clever. That's the end of the cleverness. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, I want to say on Rotten Tomatoes... The scores, a little seesaw if you will. Mm. Critics, 21%. Not good. Audience, 84. I'm somewhere in the hmm. middle. I'll give it like a, like, a, like a 50 maybe in there somewhere. It's not awful. Vince Vaughn is kind of funny. And you watch enough Vince Vaughn and I go, when they write something, do they write for Vince Vaughn? They have to. Or does he get the material and go, I'm going to rewrite it my way, and I'm going to put in my stuff, because no matter what he does, it's like the lines are, are written specifically for him. Like, they're organically Vince Vaughn delivered. I know that sounds weird. Obviously, no. they're coming out of his mouth. But, I mean, it's like, when you're typing this up, you have to type it knowing Vince Vaughn is going to be saying it. You can't type up his stuff and go, gee, I hope we get Vince Vaughn, because if we don't, these lines are going to be shit. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I, I know exactly what you mean, yes. And I agree with you. You couldn't substitute John Malkovich for Vince Vaughn and have the same movie. Right. It's not going to work. So he's got some funny stuff. I have to say, the first 15, 20 minutes, I was like, the premise was kind of engaging. And I thought it was, you know, okay, this could be funny. And I was a couple parts where I laughed. And I was like, all right, I'm on board. And then by the end, I was like falling asleep and I wanted it over. And it was just your typical crazy night with the kids, right? We're going to get nuts. And don't tell the principal. You know, Vince Vaughn plays a dad and a principal. He covers both bases. And like, you're not going to touch my daughter. You know, yeah, there's three bases, but yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get it. You get it. There's nothing really new here other than like they took the purge and said, let's call it the binge. Right. Yeah. This just sounds like a gimmick. I, I it, mean, it kind of is. Even, I can't even you've described it for four minutes. I don't have any idea what this is. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm not out. being clear. It's well, a teenage comedy where, you know, the kids are going to go out and party. Right. Because yeah. they can. Great. It doesn't sound interesting. In its defense, it was shot in Syracuse, New York. Okay. I know that's exciting for no one but me, but it was shot in, you know, upstate New York. And I, I sort of recognize the feel of it. I go, this feels sort of like what I know. Okay. Eh, that's it. What do you think about it? The binge. It's a purge. Are you happy? <laughs> I, I so knew that was coming. Of course. The only reason I reviewed it so I could say this. I know. Okay. Right? I'm going to hit the button. Okay. There we go. Very good, sir. Yep. Great. Okay. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. <sighs> okay. The last thing, thankfully. Uh -huh. Yeah. Ryan Murphy. Prolific, man. Every five minutes, he's got something, right? Biggest overall deal that Netflix has ever done. Yep. His deal is worth $300 million. 
he's got a new show called Ratchet. It's about Nurse Ratchet, who's a character from... One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. And won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar by Louise Fletcher. It's a legendary performance. Yeah. She's a nurse at a mental hospital. And this is where this show takes place. It's a prequel. Yes. Uh, is it? Yes, it is a prequel. Exactly. Okay. This is eight episodes. They're about an hour long each. It's on Netflix. Again, it's called Ratchet. It's Ryan Murphy's, what, third or fourth Netflix original like series? Like I said, he's cranking them out, man. This is his fourth project on Netflix so far. Here's the thing about Ryan Murphy. This show is very Ryan Murphy-ish. Okay, other mm. things he've done, just in case you in case you don't know, not you, but Glee, of course, was his big first thing. Nip Tuck. Yeah, oh, that's right. Nip Tuck, The People versus O.J. Simpson. American Hol- Horror Story. American, he did like six different seasons of American Horror Story. Hollywood, and of course, The Politician, which we've raved about, and a couple other things, too. But he's got this Wes Anderson vibe where it's like, you know you're watching a Ryan Murphy thing, even if no one tells you. Yep. Uh, very colorful, a lot of pastels, uh, you know, a lot of inclusion type of stuff. So that's normally like his theme. Ratchet, I don't know what the point of it was. Did you watch it? Any of it? No. Okay. No. I don't know what the point was of the show. I think Sarah Paulson's a great actress. She's one of the most entertaining actors on the planet. Yeah, she's, sure. she's fantastic. As Marsha Clark? Oh, oh my God. Fantastic as Marsha Clark. But I watched the trailer and I was like, I'm out. Like, I'd rather go watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, honestly. Which Netflix has now and is uh, promoting. Yes, of course. Sarah Paulson's fantastic. I mean, everyone in it is good. It's got the guy, uh, Finn Whitrock, who plays the uh, serial killer. It's got Sharon Stone in it a I little bit. I saw that, yes. It's got a, a bunch of fresh faces, which he actually is, is like kind of known for, is bringing in all these new people you've never seen. Which, which is, I like. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and my number one thing that I liked about this show was that it's shot up in... A lot of it up in Big Sur and Monterey and Lucia and stuff, which is, as I've told you, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. So it's a great looking show, of course. Well done. I have no idea why it got made or for what for what purpose, what the message was, what the theme was. I just I don't get it. It was eight hours of decent television, I guess. But let me ask you this, because I'm not going to watch it and Mm -hmm. don't really give away. Does it sort of play itself into One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? No. Okay. And it's already been renewed for season two, though, so okay. maybe right. it will. But I gotcha. Does this guy, like, have blackmail on Ted Sarandos or something? Like, why? Why? I mean, he got paid millions of dollars for this show. Well, maybe he's like, I got paid millions of dollars. I got to make stuff, right? Yeah. Keep them coming. Out of all of his shows, this is the one that feels like he had a deadline and had to make something. He's like, okay. uh, Nurse Ratchet from, let's make a show about her. And it's like, yeah, but you don't really want to make it, but you're just making it because you have to. I would say this. Now, here's a show we never talked about, or we talked about talking about it, but we didn't. Hollywood. Yes. His last show, other than season two of Politician, Hollywood's way better than this. I watched half of Hollywood. I watched it and I got up to uh, Jess the Fax's performance. Oh, did you now? Wow. Thanks, guys, for uh, interviewing me about it. Big fat losers. I mean, it's not that you care to know, clearly, but yeah, I did have a blast shooting it. I mean, it was a co-star with Dylan McDermott. I mean, come on, he's a huge hunk. (laughs) 
honestly, though, it was super fun. Um, I got to be on set for a few days, once in December, and then again in January after the break. It was very dreamy. They ended up cutting a lot of my scenes out, turned it into like a montage bit, but I still had a big chunk of screen time, so I'm very grateful for that. And I'd do it all over again. Yeah, good job, Jess, right? Yeah, she was good, and the show the show was good. It was better than Ratched, and it had a message, it had a point. You know, Ratched, I don't know what they're trying to say. And I took this writing class. This is the last thing I'll say about it. A long time ago, I took this writing class, and the guy was like, hey, I worked on a sitcom, and we had a million viewers, which is not – I mean, they got canceled, obviously, because that's not very much. But he's like, that's still a lot of people. He's like, you got to think about what you're saying to that many people because you should have a point. And I, I've never forgotten that. And this show, it was just like, why? There you go. Why? So, Sorry, Ryan Murphy. I like everything he's done except for this. I think this is the one. Watch every other Ryan Murphy series except for this because it was just like, yeah. Most of the time, you're going to get something good from him. I don't know, man. I got to give this one a purge. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anybody re- still listening? I doubt it. Let me, let me I recap. I think we lost him. Let me recap. Okay. O- Away on Netflix. Hillary Swank, Josh Charles. Well done. Not super interesting uh, and way too long purge uh social dilemma we said light purge we didn't learn anything and the dramatizations were pointless the ham-handedness of the filmmaking was disgusting and the guy with the fake muppet arms and the dreadlocks actually gave me nightmares the binge on hulu demo said that was a purge of course because he just couldn't wait to say that and then (laughs) ratchet on netflix was a purge so I don't, with four purges. Four purges. Ugh, so, not a good week. If you're like, hey, what what should I watch? It's like, we don't know. We don't know. Nothing. Not this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Right? Go play with your estranged children or something. Yeah, go on social media and waste your time with that, right? I, I guess, <laughs> yeah. All right, where can they find us, Joe? Let's get out of here. I'm, I'm over this. Yeah, me too, and it's getting hot. Yep. Uh, so iHeart, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, uh, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast and you can email us at binge or purge podcast at gmail.com. We do check that uh, Instagram at binge or purge podcast, Twitter at binge or purge, Facebook slash binge or purge. We're not hard to find. Uh, so please come, come track us down. Yes, we, and we're like always looking for recommendations always because we need stuff to talk about on this show and there's just too much. And I will say this. I am getting a lot of recommendations for you off the air, and I appreciate it. You know who you are when you send me uh, texts and messages and everything, and I appreciate them big time. If I don't get to them, I will. I'm making a list. It's on my phone. Every time you send me one, I add it to the list, and I'm trying to get to everything. We're trying to cover as much as we can. Unfortunately, this week, it was four purges. What are you going to do? Yeah. Now, real quick, are you looking forward to anything? No. Really? I don't know. Something. Someone told me to watch Raised by Wolves. I'm going to check that out. That's an HBO thing. That's an HBO Max thing. Okay, and then there's a Jude Law thing called like Three Days Later or something like that. Just a million things. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming the stuff that we could be watching right now. You know? There's a couple of cool HBO things. That's what I was getting at. Yes. I think. But again, we talked about this off the air that they make amazing trailers Sometimes for terrible shows. So, they do. So they do. I we'll I, I've been out. disappointed lately in some stuff, but we're not going to bring that up right now. Anyway, I've got to get out of here. If you're still listening, 
<laughs> thank you. And as always, we want to thank Jess the Facts. You can follow Jess the Facts on Instagram at the Jesse Greer. That's Jesse with a Y. So for Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. And we hope to see you next time.